backstage passes, and zero to 60 in a super stretch limo? Yeah, that's just how we roll. You're listening to the Mousecapades Radio Network. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Kaylee, and we are so happy you are joining us. This is episode 517, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing the real-life inspirations for 14 Disney animated film settings. But before we get started, we want to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on any budget. So Disney movies take us to a lot of different unique places, Kaylee. I, I'm sure you know that. But I'm not sure that we realize that all a lot of these places in these Disney movies can actually be found in the world or they were an inspiration for something that we can find in our world that we have. Not all of it was completely made up from somebody's imagination or Imagineers. Yeah, that would be a lot to imagine. Yeah. Starting with The Princess and the Frog, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that that movie is set in New Orleans because New Orleans, that's how they sing it in the, the movie, at least. They have the whole song. Right. Sing about it. And it's got the whole culture of New Orleans, the jazz and everything. And they shared beignets. And I just had a beignet on our last trip for the first time. And I'm so mad that that was my first time I ever had one because it was so good. So if you visit New Orleans, you will probably recognize um, some of the scenes from The Princess and the Frog, like the iconic streetcars to the uptown mansions and to the historic French Quarter. And um, Tiana spent a lot of time in the movie in the bayou. And so you can actually take a swamp tour of Louisiana's natural wonder. And so Disney took all these amazing real life things and created that movie. A swamp tour. <laughs> well, people like to do that. I know. All Have I you ever think- watched The Waterboy? Not a Disney movie, but. <laughs> all I can think of is Shrek. Get out of my I swamp. Know. Like, that's all I well, Maybe you'll see Shrek along that tour. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sure. On a Disney tour, you'll see some Shrek. <laughs> um, Pocahontas was inspired by Jamestown, Virginia. John Smith and Pocahontas are real historic figures, which are gross in real life, people, in Jamestown. Why are they gross? The age difference is horrible. Well, but they just hide that. We're going to talk about that. Sorry. Pocahontas, much like in the film, played a key role as a peacemaker between the Powhatan? Powhatan natives and the English settlers. And you can actually take tours of historic Jamestown, Virginia, and get an idea of what it looks like to live back then, because they have a live museum, kind of, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, I've never been there, but I know from the pictures, that's what it looks like. And they even have a statue of John Smith that you can visit in Jamestown. And they actually believe the real-life Pocahontas was around 11 years old. Nobody ever wants to think about that. <laughs> they just I don't... Everything's so different. The times were different. I mean, if you watch movies or, like, Little House on the Prairie or anything like that, they, they got married really, really young back then. I know, but that age gap is unacceptable. Well, they didn't tell us Puberty has not happened. Okay, John Smith, I guarantee you, was at least mid-20s. However, the movie stands the test of time teaching generations about one of the first settlements that would become the United States. And I actually, this movie is good, but I don't think it's great. I love the music, I think. The music is like the part that makes it stand out, but the story itself is kind of eh to me. Okay. 
I don't know. Good to know. I don't know. Maybe some of the listeners agree Disney with me. Thoughts by Kaylee Black. <laughs> what do you think of it? Like, it's not one that I like to watch over and over, but I have watched it many times with you. Yeah, and I think it's good. And I think it was one of the animations, especially with hair, that really helped them because right. her hair, like, in the wind Whipping and everything. Around. So the next movie we're going to touch on is Peter Pan. And in that movie, you could obviously see the London skyline and the Elizabethan Tower and the and Big Ben are what are in the background of that movie that make it memorable. Yeah, because Big Ben is where the clock thing happens, right? Where they step on the hands. And I don't know how they magically stop a quarter after. I've always wondered that. It's um, Disney magic. You're right. Obviously, if you visit London, you probably won't be able to fly past these two London icons, but you are able to walk by them. And if you would like the chance to fly by them, you can always visit the Peter Pan rides in Disney World and Disneyland once they reopen. So Finding Nemo gives us Sydney Harbor in Australia, as you probably know. So Marlon and Dory are on their way in search of Nemo, and Dory keeps reciting, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, over and over to find the adorable clownfish with the lucky fin Nemo. The Sydney skyline can be seen a few times within the movie, and of course the iconic scene on the dock when the white birds are sitting there saying, mine over and over again is one of those scenes and if you can't get to sydney australia you can ride nemo and friends in epcot at the seas pavilion the most iconic landmark at least for me even when i was young i knew the sydney opera Opera house is the biggest thing in there obviously the whole skyline because they go yeah (laughs) when they're looking around she's like sydney again that's hilarious so I thought it was, it's also funny when the fish make the Sydney Opera House. Isn't that what they do? Or they do an arrow. Uh, oh, they make the Opera House? Yeah, I right. was going to say, I thought they did. In the next movie, which we're going to talk about, is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And, or Dom, however you say it. With the bells. Notre Dame. It's such a good movie. It is set in Paris, France, which I would love to go to sometime, but don't know if I'll be going there anytime soon, obviously. That is the inspiration for this movie. The Notre Dame Cathedral acts as like a main character itself in the movie. Yeah, and it's sad now that that whole situation happened a year ago. Victor Hugo first penned the book The Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1833, and it was in an attempt to save the cathedral from neglect. The novel's key features is the lengthy descriptions of the church. So when it was adapted to an animated film, Disney knew they would have to do the building justice, which I think they did. Yeah, the cathedral is beautiful and something that I think everybody should see in their lifetime. Unfortunately, as Kaylee gave way to a little while ago, or a few minutes ago, uh, there was a fire in the spring of 2019 and the cathedral is not open to the public at this time. Also on the cathedral, they have these decorated gargoyles and in the movie the gargoyles became friends of Quasimodo's. Now they were not able to make them look exactly the same but they look pretty close. Yeah and I thought it was interesting that they made the gargoyles his friends but I mean like it makes sense in the storyline. Yeah well he was living in the bell tower. He He needed friends. It was impossible for Disney to make them look exact or make the cathedral look exactly alike because of flying buckstresses. I'm probably butchering that in an American accent. I think that's right. All right. Even though Disney wasn't able to completely capture the beauty of the cathedral, we appreciate that they made this the focus of the movie and gave it the appreciation that it deserves. That's true. Like, the majority of the movie is set in it or outside of it. Right. 
the setting became a character in its own right, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and the whole song that's really famous, God Help the Outcasts, like yes. she is singing in the cathedral to the saints in there and everything. Right. Pretty cool. This next movie I've seen one time, if I maybe two, because I know you liked it. I've Oliver and Company. I've never seen it. I swear I watched this movie with If you. you did, I was young, like, and don't remember. Okay, well, I'm 99% sure I've watched this with you at least a couple times, I but I know I've seen it. the cat and the dog, that's it, or the fox and the dog. <laughs> so it's Oliver and Company is set in New York City, and Disney does an amazing job of capturing the concrete city, as some people call it. So when you're watching that movie, you know that you are not just watching any old city. You are watching New York City, which is known as the city that never sleeps. They don't, man. And if you've been to Manhattan, you will recognize the craziness of this city within the movie. And we love the details like the street vendor selling sunglasses because there are so many street vendors on the streets of New York. And also Billy Joel's voice was perfect for this movie since Billy Joel says New York to us. Well, because he's from New York. Yes. There are so many street vendors. I'm glad they animated that. Even then. Right. I mean, this was a while ago. Yeah. And now I just feel like it's even worse. Well, it'll be interesting to see if that's even allowed now. That's true. Um, Social distancing is going to change a lot of things in our world. So it's kind of cool that we have this in movies so kids that are younger can come back and watch this movie on Disney Plus and be like, Mommy, do people sell things on the side of the road? Because probably they don't anymore. At least if you live in a an area like us they would never know that true not common in suburbia that's true we have garage sales that's (laughs) those are hoosier those are hoosier street vendors (laughs) so we are headed to norway because that is where the frozen movie was set and it was created from the culture and the history of the norwegian people um the mythical creatures and the magic as well as the clothing and the architecture were embedded inside this movie, which became bigger than I think even Disney knew it was going to become. Yeah, I think so, at least. And, like, the animation was just insane. Like, I remember seeing this movie for the first time in theaters, and, like, the animation was insane. Which, obviously, every time we see a new one, I'm like, this yep. is insane. This one's better than the last <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, like, How it's is just that always like that. Right. We also catch a glimpse at the Northern Lights in the movie, which... You can imagine that it may be why Elsa has her powers. And the Akerhaus Fortress is the inspiration behind the Arendelle Castle. And the name of the fortress was the inspiration for the restaurant in Epcot's Norway Pavilion. I think we need to explore the Norway Pavilion more. Like, if we're there, we're just like frozen ride. And then we get out and we're like, bye. See ya. Peace out. I actually, fun fact, one, a got a trivia question right at a college trivia night because we had to guess national anthems and the Norway national anthem sounds exactly like the beginning of the Frozen movie. Oh, that's like, pretty cool. They started singing and I was like, it sounds like Frozen. Let's go with Norway. And it was right. So that means they got it very close to what traditional Norwegian music sounds like right. in my brain. In the movie Cars, the movie contains a lot of inspiration of our national parks and wonders from the American West. A lot of knowledge was gained from the real Route 66 to Kamkari Mountain. Let's just say that was right. <laughs> in again, to Kamkari, New Mexico, is the inspiration for the mountain background of Radiator Springs. This is one of the most well-known cities along historic Route 66. So the Cadillac fins in the mountain ranges are based on Cadillac Range. 
And we get to see this in the movies, Cars, as well as Cars Land and Disney's California Adventure. And there's also an art sculpture, which I would like to go see someday. It's called Cadillac Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. And it's like these cars out of, sticking out of the ground. I know you've seen pictures of it, Katie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you're in Amarillo, you should check it out because it the pictures alone are pretty cool to see. So I imagine it would be even better to see in person. Yeah, and those mountains have become famous to look at. I mean, maybe they always were, but I was, what, eight, nine when cars came out. And so, like, that's what I knew the mountain the way those mountains look from that. And that's why some people want to go there after they see things on movies. Moving on to The Emperor's New Groove, which is a super underrated Disney movie in my opinion, was inspired by Peru. Cusco's character was named after the Incan capital city, Cusco spelled with a C, not a K like the character. And the village of Pachu may look familiar if you were to look at a picture of Machu Picchu, you would see why the lost city had a starring role in this underrated movie. It is so underrated. I'm so mad. I, I think they could, um, I know they don't do out of the vault now because they have Disney plus, but I feel like they could do an, a reboot or something. Well, the problem was they picked it up as a series on Disney channel and it was the emperor's new school. When I was younger, like older elementary was when they picked it up and it wasn't that good. Like, I think it deserved a movie instead of a series where they were, like, going to school. I can't even remember if it was supposed to be, like, a prequel or not. But he was still Emperor in... Because isn't David Spade the Emperor? He is. Like, yeah. the casting is great. And nobody seems to ever... Like, this is a movie that most people I talk to have heard of but never seen. It's like, David Spade, John Goodman, the one woman that I forgot her name who plays Yzma, but she's very famous. <laughs> people are yelling at me right now. She's hilarious. And the dude from How I Met Your Mother is Kronk. Doogie Hauser? No. Neil Patrick Harris, I mean? No. He's not. And he does Soren. Okay, forget it. I have no idea. The dude who introduces Soren. I don't know his name either. That's what I'm saying. That's who it is. It ain't It ain't the baby doctor genius, whatever it is. Doogie Hauser, <laughs> which you just said. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch was obviously inspired by Hawaii and its culture. It has surfing and hula, and even the characters lived the way the people of Hawaii live. So, Kokawa, I think, maybe how you say it, <laughs> was made up by Disney. However, it was inspired by a real town called Hanapepe, which is on the island of Kauai. Kauai? What? I think it's just Kauai. I thought it was Kauai. Okay. Anyway, any city in Kauai would be a great place to live, even if you had a pet that was an alien named Stitch. Yeah, it does. It seems really nice there. I wonder how hot it gets is my question. Like, does it get really hot or I've not? been there. Or maybe if you live by the ocean, maybe not. Like, I don't know. There, there was a person in my flute studio that went and taught down there. She got a job there. We all were like, wow, she's really branching out. She really loves it. She's I like, bet. Yeah. And she they're close to an they're close to the beach, I think, too. Well, I know um that I had a student that went to Hawaii for a month and they transferred schools and um it was a completely different kind of education. So how fun for her. Yeah, and she's teaching marching band, which I think would be so interesting there. Well let me know if she has a pet named Stitch. <laughs> okay. Hercules was inspired by Olympia Greece, and I feel like that's pretty obvious. The gods, legends, and monuments were the inspiration for this movie. 
the Olympia and the Temple of Zeus is shown in Hercules several times, but not much of this temple is left today, and what we still see is worth visiting if you are given the opportunity. If you hadn't heard already, Disney is in the process of creating a live-action Hercules movie. And for some reason, all the news that I do, I don't know that I knew that. I didn't really know either. Not Hercules. I mean, I've heard a lot of different movies, but... I think Mulan is the one right now that's, like, really hyped, so maybe why. And Little Mermaid is, like, the up-and-coming one after that, I feel like. Right. Because they've got I almost the casting. forgot about that with the pandemic. Holy cow. I know. It really changes you. So, Scotland's Castle of Dunbrock. Dunbrock. Dunbrock? Okay, yeah. thank you. I'm not Scotland, Scottish. No, I only know because they say it in the movie. So, Scotland's Castle of Dunbrock should be recognizable in the movie Brave. The clan Dunbrock live in that castle. And Eileen Donan Castle and the Dunnotter Castle were also inspiration to Brave setting. And if you ever have the opportunity to visit Scotland or you even just look at a picture of the Castle of Dunbrock... I think that you'll be able to visualize Merida and her brothers outside because Disney did such a great job animating it to look like that location. Yeah, I feel like Scottish like castles are so like distinct, not because they are what's the extravagant, but the opposite. Like they are brick. <laughs> That's what they are. <laughs> like they remind me kind of of the witch, the Wicked Witch's castle. Oh, in <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, like very just straight lines they got a round tower maybe with the little squares the way kids draw castles you know mm-hmm. i'm talking about like the traditional ones i feel like that's what scottish castles look like pretty distinct hmm. i don't know i didn't look, think of it like that but i do that movie is very well done as far as they embedded the culture of that movie yeah in it especially like they really like went into it about i feel like the feminist side of things because again Merida I think she's been she's considered a princess now mm-hmm. but she's another one of the ones that doesn't have like a man at the end she's the one who's like I'm deciding what I want to do when they're all trying to like marry her off it's Kaylee it is me surprise although I can't shoot a bow and arrow there's no way <laughs> I'll kill somebody you can practice Mulan recognizes the ancient Chinese culture. The beginning of the movie shows us the Great Wall of China, which can also be seen when you ride Soren around the world. Mulan was inspired by the Ballad of Huamulan. Ballad of Huamulan is actually a poem that was written 386 to 536 AD in the Northern Wei era. That's a long time ago. Yup. I mean, I think they did a good job. So the emperor in the city lives in the imperial city, which we see in that movie. And the forbidden city, which is located in Beijing, China, was also the inspiration for the palace of Mulan. So you probably already know this, and I know Kaylee gave way to it a little bit ago, that there is a live-action version of Mulan that is about to come out. It should have already come out or should be close to coming out, but because of the pandemic, they've pushed it back. They want to give time for us to get back to normal so that we can bring it to theaters I believe the live action will have no music which is a lot of people I was upset to hear it and a lot of people are up in arms about it but in the same way I think it's nice that they're going back to like appropriately represent the culture instead of kind of just like this is set in China but we're gonna make it a musical anyway so I don't think there's gonna be singing of course but don't you think they're going to have to have underlying music? Oh, no. I definitely think, like, the original music will be orchestral. 
but I don't think it will be like a sing-along version like Disney's original version of it was. But in a way, I like that they're going to do that. I wonder about... Some of the things I wonder about this movie specifically is, one, was the emperor in this movie based off of one that existed in real life? And like a kind and caring nature? Because this one in the movie is like that. And I kind of wonder if it was based off of somebody or if they were like, we're going to make him nice. <laughs> That'd be something for you to dig um, into for sure. And also the language barrier. I kind of wondered if they were going to make it where they're speaking in Chinese and we have to read subtitles. Mm. Because the original one is kind of pathetic in the way of their accents. Like they don't have them. <laughs> they're Americans playing these characters. Not all of them. Obviously Mulan is not. But uh, what's his name? The super happy dude, the Osmond, Osmond, Donnie Osmond, is the male role. Oh, I can't think of his name. Sorry, Donnie Osmond. No, I thought you were talking his character. Oh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, his his character is Shang. No, Eddie Murphy is Mushu. <laughs> we're so confused. Eddie Murphy is Mushu. Donnie Osmond is Shang. Okay, no, we're on the same page now. I mean, I think Eddie Murphy's character was really funny, but they, he's not in this movie either. They no, have the. But I think it. I think all those things will be interesting because they're trying to make it more culturally appropriate. So, well, we will have to see. We were, our, I was wrong about the live action Aladdin. So, you know, Disney's proven me. Wrong I know before. that I'm trying to like not judge it before I see it. Right. It's hard though. Our next and final movie is The Little Mermaid. Prince Eric's castle was inspired by the Chateau de Chillon in Switzerland. The castle sits along Lake Geneva, and Disney's castle resembled it quite well. You can also see similar things at the Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid ride at Magic Kingdom in Orlando. So I thought that was interesting because I don't know that I realized it was based off of something in Switzerland. I knew it was based off of something. Yeah. But Switzerland would not have been my first choice. I was thinking more Italy because I feel like the building structure looks a lot... I think Prince Eric looks Italian. Like, is that wrong Maybe to say? Maybe that's why. I like, dark hair. Yeah. He doesn't really have a dark, like, an olivey skin tone. I'll give him that. Maybe not all Italians have that. I don't want to assume. But, like, the stereotypical ones you see have very dark hair. They're very, like, tan skin. Right. I think it's interesting because it was in Switzerland, but the name is French. I know. That's what I'm saying. The whole thing is kind of different. But, I mean, now I kind of want to go and research more about this this castle or this chateau in Switzerland. Sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. Well, it has been a lot of fun to learn different things about the backgrounds. I want to give a shout out to Lee in California because he turned me on to this information about these how these movies got their inspiration. And it was very interesting to research and find out more of what Disney used to make these things. They didn't just pop out of their heads. Because I got to tell you, Kaylee, honestly, a lot of the time, I just figured the Imagineers are just that creative that they came up with all of this. When, in fact, they use the amazing wonders that we have in our world. Very true. Well, thank you for joining us. And we hope that you enjoyed hearing about the real-life inspirations for the settings and some of our favorite Disney movies. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or comment, email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, text us at 636-373-4497 or contact me at Vicki, V-I-C-K-I-E dot black, 
at yourstorytravel.com. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, and our Twitter account at Mousecapades Pod. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, Kaylee, I think it's about that time. Disney love and pixie dust. Have Have a magical magical day, my friends. friends.